For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered with all the props, odds, promos, and parlays for the 2023 football season. If you're betting preseason over-unders, in my unprofessional opinion, the best bet on the board is taking the Pittsburgh Steelers over eight and a half wins if you want to place that as your first bet you can head to bet online sportsbook and get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v when you click the link in the description to this episode bet online where the game starts Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of The Take. It is a podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. And podcasts aren't live. That's the whole purpose of podcasts. You get to listen however and whenever you so choose, and we appreciate that you, you, the fine listener of this program, have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you so choose. We've got a fantabulous show coming at you today. According to my count, it's Monday, August 21st, but it may not be that according to your count because it's a podcast. It could be a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Friday, a Saturday. Who knows when you're listening to this show? Maybe it is Monday, August 21st. You're a consistent listener to the show, and to that... I tip my cap to you. Thank you for your continued support of this here fine program. But it's Monday, August 21st, according to my count. May not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever you may be listening. Today on the show, I want to talk about the story that captivated my attention from NFL preseason week number two. And that had nothing to do with the fact that Brock Purdy went four for five for the San Francisco 49ers on a field goal drive that solidified that he is the number one starter for the team. And it had nothing to do with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears or nothing to do with any of the biggest storylines you might pick out of NFL training camps and preseasons and all sorts of stories like that. We stopped taking the preseason seriously weeks ago. In fact, one of the oldest running bits we've done since I was in high school, back when we were running a crappy Instagram page called Comical Sports Memes, which you can follow wherever you have Instagrams, 
even back then we did the preseason Hall of Fame, which was basically proving that preseason really doesn't matter at all. Like the preseason, the people who perform incredibly in the preseason has no bearing on their future success in the NFL. Uh, Preseason Hall of Fame class 2023 will be enshrined at some point here in the coming weeks. I don't know exactly who will make it into the Hall of Fame class, but some of the former names of NFL greats, Daniel Jones, preseason Hall of Fame class of 2019, Harold Landry, a former preseason Hall of Famer. He got his induction into the preseason Hall of Fame. We had Brian Burns getting his career accolades last year for the preseason Hall of Fame. We had Mac Jones. We had Marquez Callaway, Easton Stick, Got into the preseason Hall of Fame a couple of year, uh, last season. So, yeah, we do the preseason Hall of Fame. It has almost no bearing on the future successes of these players who are good in the preseason. So we stopped caring about the preseason. The preseason exists for us to make jokes about how the preseason doesn't matter. So next week, we'll enshrine a new class into the preseason Hall of Fame. But the story that came out of the preseason that... I thought deserved a full podcast on the show. And again, like I talked about when we moved to a three day a week podcast, I just want to mention this off the top. When we mentioned, when we moved to a three day a week podcast, one of the things that I wanted to focus in on are the shows that you guys react really well to, which are these long form episodes that we research and bring information to and dive into a deeper story around sports. And so today, This is one of those episodes. We've done research for the show. If you look in the description to this episode, you can read the stories that we brought research from. And we wanted to put this story together because I think there's a really interesting phenomena going on in the NFL. And this was the story of preseason week number two that got noted in the NFL preseason, you know, the NFL preseason news and notes. But it's the story that I think has a much more... It is the story of preseason week number two, and I think there's an interesting conversation around this. And an interesting development as we see the NFL change in front of our eyes, and we've been doing this podcast now long enough to observe change in real time. Over years of doing this podcast, we've seen changes in real time, not just in the world of sports, but in society at large. And sports are a microcosm of society, and social science stuff is and human behavioral science is really interesting, and it incorporates into sport. And that's what I want to talk about here today, is observing change in real time around the way the NFL treats major injuries and the way that players and and player culture is a reflection of this new generation that is seeing a change right in front of our eyes when it comes to major injuries in football. So the Patriots and the Packers were playing a preseason game at Lambeau Field on Saturday night and during the game it was the fourth quarter 10 minutes left to play and the Packers had the football It was Packers 17, Patriots 21, and there was about 10 minutes, 40 seconds left in the game, and Calvin Munson, who's a linebacker for the New England Patriots, collides with cornerback Isaiah Bolden, who also plays for the Patriots. They collide with each other, Bolden goes down on the play covering a corner, and Bolden is on the ground, and he's unresponsive. And so because Bolden is unresponsive, there is... 
concerned that this is a head or neck injury for Bolden. Bolden's head collides with Calvin Munson. His body ends up continuing with the play, even though his head has been hit by Munson. And Bolden's on the ground. And so medical personnel are tending to Isaiah Bolden on the field. They are do, they immediately begin treating him for a head or neck injury or a potential concussion. And so what you do when you have a head or neck injury situation is that they don't want to remove the helmet because there's the possibility of the neck jarring. And so what they do is they will cut the face mask out from the player so that they can access their head and neck area without turning the player over and potentially jarring around the head and the neck and 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 the back as well because obviously the head and the neck connect to your lower back uh, through the spinal cord and so without affecting the spinal cord and without moving the head they make sure that you're lying face down on the ground they're not going to twist or turn you around they're not going to remove the helmet and potentially jar around the neck because they don't know what type of injury you may be experiencing and Bolden is motionless on the ground. They're cutting away the face mask to access his, to, to try and access his head without jarring the head or neck. This takes a little bit of time to cut through the face mask and to treat him on the field. And so you have a situation where the game gets delayed by about seven to eight minutes. And in the seven to eight minutes, you have Patriots players going over trying to check and see if he's okay. They're seeing a body that's not moving. They're seeing medical personnel cutting away the face mask on Isaiah Bolden. You're seeing people treating his arms and his legs and trying to get movement out of his extremities. And this is a situation in which the New England Patriots players and the Green Bay Packers players are all frozen and helpless in a situation that we've seen time and time before on an NFL field where we have these like 15 minute delays and you see a ambulance drive onto the field you see a cart being brought out and figuring out how to get a person up onto the cart and into an ambulance we've seen these situations happen before in the NFL it leads to 12 15 20 minute delays while they treat someone for a head or a neck injury and Isaiah Bolden is being treated on the field, and you have Patriots players who, according to a story from the Associated Press that was detailing the situation, um, Jalen Mills, who's a corner for the New England Patriots, he was talking in the game after that where he collides with Calvin Munson, and there was a completion to Malik Heath of the Packers, and Jalen Mills is quoted as saying, quote, it looks like just one of those collision hits, those freak hits that you see on rare occasions in the in this league that you hate to see. We could really couldn't see him too much. It looked like he was moving and his eyes were open, but as of right now, just asking everyone to keep him in their prayers and we hope for the best, end quote. That was Jalen Mills, the corner for the Patriots, talking about the injury after the game. And so as they're treating him on the field, it's six minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes. They're testing the extremities. They're cutting away the face mask. We've seen this before with concussion tests where um, famously Mason Rudolph had a photo of him being carried off the field without a face mask where it's just the helmet part, but without the face mask. And it was kind of mean that they turned that into a meme of Mason Rudolph getting concussed and him being helped off the field with the face mask cut away from his helmet. And so 
they're cutting away the face mask, they're working on him, and again, 8, 10, 12 minutes go by, and everyone from both teams leave the benches, they go onto the field, they get in a knee, they start doing prayer circles. Once they finally get Isaiah Bolden up onto the cart, you have both teams creating a giant circle around him and saying like one collective prayer, which is normally what teams do in these situations regardless of the religious affiliation to it there's just a, a culture of praying that exists around organized male sports and so you see them getting on a knee and praying and everyone getting in a circle together as they take Isaiah Bolden off the field and so Isaiah Bolden ends up being taken off the field in a cart they get him into an ambulance waiting by the field and they take him to wherever the local hospital is in Green Bay, Wisconsin, because uh, there is not a whole lot going on in Green Bay, Wisconsin. For those who famously know, it's it is a tiny, tiny town in which Lambeau Field happens to be located. It's not really close to any major city, so they take him to whatever the local hospital is um, in an ambulance after they get him off the field. And the Patriots later end up releasing a statement on the matter, which go, which details that. States at 11.37 East Coast time on Saturday, quote, Patriots cornerback Isaiah Bolden sustained an injury during the fourth quarter of tonight's game. He had feeling in all of his extremities and has been taken to a local hospital for further tests and observations. And then an hour later, they release a statement that says, Patriots cornerback Isaiah Bolden will be held overnight at a local hospital in Green Bay for observation to set expectations. We plan to provide an update on his condition by 9 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. So back on the field, now Bolden's been taken to a hospital. He's going to stay there overnight. And on the field, they've just gone through 8, 10, 12, 15 minutes of stopping play Everyone is saying prayers. Everyone's trying to collect themselves and make sure that Isaiah Bolden's okay. And after 15-minute delay, according to Matthew Slater, who is the special teams captain for the Patriots, he's now the longest-tenured New England Patriot, too. Now that Tom Brady's gone, he's been there 16 years now. And I, uh, Patrick uh, Matthew Slater, apologies, Matthew Slater talks about how Bill Belichick, the head coach of the New England Patriots, is the one who initiates the conversation on shutting down the game. And Slater is talking to reporters after the game, and he talked about how Belichick was the person who instigated talking about shutting the game down. He talked to Matt Lefleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, about it, and John Hussey, who is the referee, the crew chief for the game, and after they talked about it, Hussey announced that the game would not resume, and they called it with ten and a half minutes left to play. And Matthew Slater was talking after the game about how he was thankful that Belichick reacted to the Bolden injury in a way that shut down the game altogether. He saw the injury that happened, he saw the reaction from the players on the field, and he was the person who shut the preseason game down. And Belichick was talking after the game, and he said, quote, We're all saying a prayer for Isaiah. We appreciated the way the league handled it. We think it was the right thing to do to shut down the game. And Matthew Slater, 
who this is courtesy of Nesson's Zach Cox uh, from his story. Slater was talking to reporters and he said, quote, I really appreciate what Coach Belichick did. Look, this is not the AFC championship game. He took initiative on that. We're not playing for records. It's preseason game number two. When you have an injury like that, it affects a lot of guys in a lot of different ways. Clearly, our team was shaken by what happened, and I think Coach made the right decision. I think that it was a tremendous leadership by him. I have to say, honestly, that was one of the proudest moments I've had as a guy who played for him for now 16 years to see what he did. There was no hesitation. And I appreciate Coach Lafleur as well for standing with him. I think everybody acted swiftly, and it was the right call in that situation. And so they shut down the game with 10 minutes to play. Everyone goes home. They had done reps before. Belichick talked about how they walked away from the week feeling good about themselves. They'd done a bunch of joint practices. They played the preseason game. Everyone was feeling good about themselves at the end of it. And so we can walk away after the Isaiah Bolden injury. And I thought the line that connected an interesting dot for me was clearly our team was shaken by what happened. And I think coach made the right decision to shut the game down. And the reason that I thought this was so poignant was last year when DeMar Hamlin had had suffered a cardiac arrest on the field and there was talks about will they continue the game, will they won't continue the game. When that happened and they decided not to continue playing the Bills-Cincinnati game and they decided they weren't going to make up the game, it was the first time in the history of the NFL that a game had been stopped due to an injury to a player and basically a game was canceled as a result of that. Games had been canceled due to 9-11. They shut down football for a weekend. Two weeks for the New York teams. Games had been shut down due to hurricanes. Never had a game been shut down in which the players stopped playing the game And the game would not be made up at any point as a result of injury. And so that is a changing moment that's going to have lasting impact with the players on the field. Not just the people who played for the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Every NFL player who was watching that game had some form of reaction to what happened to DeMar Hamlin. There were players from every team the next day who were talking about this is a real... like foundational shaking moment of watching someone suffer cardiac arrest on the field and think, hey, someone could die on the football field. Not like they'd die from the results of their injuries and from football 15 years later, or they die as a result of injuries that were sustained in their career like paralysis and degenerative diseases as a result of a career of playing football. This is a player could die on the field instantaneously. That was something that was foundational shaking for the league. Even though there had been similar types of injuries before, Ryan Shazier's NFL career ended as a result of a neck injury that he sustained playing on Monday Night Football. Fortunately for Brandon Bolden, 
we found out later on um, with the statement that came out this morning from the Patriots, quote, after undergoing a series of evaluations and being held for overnight observation, Patriots cornerback Isaiah Bolden has been released from the Aurora Bay Medical Center in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where he was transported to after sustaining an on-field injury in the fourth quarter of Saturday night's preseason game between the New England Patriots and Green Bay Packers. Isaiah will travel with the team today. We thank the medical staff at Aurora Bay Medical Center for their overnight evaluations, as well as the Patriots and Packers medical staffs for their immediate on-field response and care in transporting Isaiah to a nearby hospital. Due to the circumstances surrounding the abrupt and unexpected ending to last night's game, the Patriots will return to Foxborough today. The joint practices that were scheduled with the Tennessee Titans on Tuesday and Wednesday are canceled. The team will train in Foxborough this week and fly to Nashville on Thursday for Friday night's game. Even though this injury was not going to end Isaiah Bolden's football career, even though Isaiah Bolden will be traveling with the team back to Foxborough, which wasn't in their original plans, they were originally going to go straight from Wisconsin to Tennessee, even though you have them changing their practicing schedules with the Patriots, even though you have Isaiah Bolden coming back to the team, flying with the team, and being released from the hospital, which is something that didn't happen with other major injuries like Ryan Shazier years ago, you have the Patriots taking steps similar to how the Buffalo Bills handled the DeMar Hamlin situation. After the game, they immediately flew back to Buffalo, Their next game wasn't scheduled to be played until Sunday in Buffalo, so they immediately left Cincinnati, went back to Buffalo, waited for DeMar to be okay while he was being treated at the Cincinnati hospitals, and then Buffalo continued continued to grieve, process trauma as a team from that situation. And it sounds like the New England Patriots are going through something similar after Isaiah Bolden had an injury in which he was motionless on the field and led to a 15-minute delay and had to be taken to a hospital for further examination. They shut down the game. They ended up flying back home, adjusting their practice schedule. And the same way that the New England Patriots reacted mirrors how the Buffalo Bills handled the DeMar Hamlin situation. And it leads me to believe that even though this was a preseason game, and even though the games won't count in the record books the way that the DeMar Hamlin Buffalo Bills Cincinnati Bengals game will, it leads me to believe that, yes, Isaiah Bolden was ultimately released from the hospital and flew back to New England with the team, it still feels that the wall of the NFL's show-must-go-on mentality and the the show-must-go-on culture is starting to be broken down post-Demar Hamlin. That major injuries are seen as something where football players are okay to react in a way that doesn't involve sucking up, avoiding the trauma, and trudging forward like it's a life-or-death situation like war. It's a life-or-death situation for the players who are injured. The response is not that we need to keep moving forward. The response is, hey, we should stop, we should process what happened, and we don't need to continue playing football at this point. And Jalen Mills, after the game, 
was at his press conference and he brought up the fact that this incident, or he was asked about at a press conference, the fact that Brandon Bolden's incident where he's carted off the field, there's a 15 minute delay, he's being treated by medical staff on the field. He was asked about how this situation mirrored what happened with DeMar Hamlin, where he suffers cardiac arrest on the field and the game has to be slowed down. And Jalen Mills's response was, quote, of course, that's in the back of all of our minds when something like that happens. Players are thinking about, oh, is this a DeMar Hamlin situation? Oh, did we just watch a player potentially have his career end on the field? Oh, is this a situation where someone might die on the field or get paralyzed on the field? And paralysis is something that's happened in NFL games before. The most recent example is Ryan Shazier, but there's examples that go back usually every few years where an NFL player gets paralyzed on the field, where a college football player gets paralyzed on the field. It happened in a Johns Hopkins game a few years ago. I think it was Johns Hopkins of the Citadel, one of those two teams where a player was paralyzed on the field and major life-altering injuries like that happen on the NFL in football games. There is a possibility for these life-altering injuries. And on the same night that the Isaiah Bolden injury happens where the Patriots shut down the game, they immediately fly back to New England as a team, they process their collective trauma, uh, they, the players in the aftermath are immediately talking about how they're shaken by what they've seen and what's just happened. On the same night that this is happening, there are two other moments, there are two other big events that happen in the NFL related to what happened to Isaiah Bolden. The first one is that John Walford, who you may remember as the quarterback who started a playoff game or won a playoff game for the Los Angeles Rams against the Seattle Seahawks a couple years ago, playing in place of Jared Goff. John Walford, who's now the third string quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, suffers a similar injury at the start of the third quarter where he has a neck injury, has to be laying on the field. They cut away his face mask and he's being taken out of the field on a cart. They announced that he has movement in all of his extremities and was being evaluated at a hospital. The exact same injury happens to John Walford, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers and Jets continue to move the move on with the game, and he gave the thumbs up as he was going off the field, which essentially operated as the thumbs up for, hey, it's okay to keep playing. I'm going to be all right. I'm okay. You guys can keep playing. And because Walford gives the thumbs up, as he's being transported off the field, the Buccaneers look at that as a situation where it's like, okay, he's going to be all right. We didn't just watch someone die on the field. We can pick up the game and finish it off. And by the way, it happened around the same time. Trask ended up coming back into the game and the game continued the rest of the way. And they finished off the game, and Walford was taken to a hospital. And at the time of recording, I haven't seen any update on John Walford at this point. But because Walford kind of gives them the thumbs up of like, hey guys, it's okay to keep playing. I'm going to be all right. That game continues with Kyle Trask coming back in for the Buccaneers to finish off the game. 
Meanwhile, Isaiah Bolden is carted off the field, and because they don't have any update on his status as he's being taken off the field, they shut the game down, and Bill Belichick takes the initiative, recognizing where the team is mentally, and walks off the field, and they go home as soon as the game is over. Or I guess they go home that next morning with Isaiah Bolden released from the hospital and able to travel with the team. And that's a situation that makes me think we're going to see more of these situations in the future where when we see a major injury, where we saw two in the same night, you're going to see some games that are continued to play, some games that are going to be shut down. That this is now part of the reality. That the, the the football culture of the show goes on regardless of injury. We're going to see more and more circumstances in which it's okay to witness a traumatic event on the football field. Which is a player no longer moving. And a player suffering potentially life-altering injuries. It's okay to see that happen. And as a team say, hey, I don't think we should continue playing this football game. Or as a team look up and say, hey, I think we're good at this point and decide to walk off the field and process their collective trauma together. And this was the thing we talked about in the aftermath of DeMar Hamlin. People had just witnessed what was a traumatic event, whether it's people on the field, people in the stadium, people at home, people who can relate to being in DeMar Hamlin's situation, either because they've played football, have suffered an injury playing football. People have witnessed a traumatic event. And the way that you process a traumatic event is different for everyone, especially in the immediate aftermath. And so the support system that those players have for each other is a great way to work to process grief. And I'm sure that's what the New England Patriots are working through right now. And I'm sure that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were working through in the aftermath of John Walford being injured and carted off the field, very similarly to what happened to Isaiah Bolden. We saw two of those injuries in the same night. We see these injuries at least once a week on an NFL field, or I shouldn't say at least once a week, usually an average of once a week on an NFL field where a player has to be carted off the field with a head or neck injury. And when those injuries happen, and when players witness a traumatic event that looks similar to a situation like DeMar Hamlin, because now we have the precedent set of a player could potentially die instantaneously on a football field, because the DeMar Hamlin situation gives us a precedent, it feels like it's starting to break down the wall for the NFL to no longer have this warrior mentality of we continue as if this is a life or death situation. And if someone dies, we trudge on forward because that's what they would have wanted us to do. This war mentality is starting to be shaken from the NFL culture. I mean, you have to have a certain level of war mentality to put your body on the line in exchange for this game. But this war mentality of this is a life or death situation and we must continue trudging forward until the very end of the game doesn't really fit with the realities of not just the modern NFL, but also just modern society. Like football and the origins of organized sport in America was so that people who weren't going off to war could have the experiences of what war would look like or in the youth sport level so that there would be training and basic fundamental practices so that people, more specifically men, 
would have a baseline of information for when they went off to war. And there, the America, the American draft system hasn't existed for 50 years. Football has become a multi, uh, really a $100 billion entertainment economy at the NFL level, and even more than that when we contemplate college football. It has become an entertainment vessel that is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It is closer to a corporation and closer to a business than it is to war. And the NFL no longer has this warrior mentality of this is a life or death situation, which it's not. This is a life or death situation and the game must go on regardless of what happens on the field. Regardless of what happens in the battlefield, we must trudge on forward because this is war and war is a life or death matter. What's life or death is what happens to these people who have gone to the ground. The game itself is not life or death. It's always been the case, but NFL has had this show must go on, we must trudge forward mentality that I think is finally starting to be shaken because people have the precedent of DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin and the the fear that was put into everyone from that traumatic event looks like it will be the event that is cultural, that will change the culture. It will be the moment that breaks down the wall of being the first game to shut down as a result of a traumatic event in football. And there's been lots of traumatic events that have occurred on a football field before. For 50 years, there's been traumatic events that have occurred on a football field where people are breaking arms and limbs and dealing with head and neck injuries and heart conditions and broken ribs. I mean, again, there's been dozens of traumatic events, a countless, dozens per week. There's countless traumatic events that occur on a football field week to week. And when you have a traumatic situation in which a player has no movement on the field, where a player is being treated for 10, 12, 15 minutes by medical personnel, where a player is being taken to a hospital, those situations, which are the most dramatic potential events that can occur on a football field, from what from our understanding of watching football, the most tr- the most traumatic events that can occur on a football field are those types of injuries. Though the wall's been broken down on those types of injuries. And I think it'll take time, but you're going to start to see a higher probability of games being stopped as a result of injuries. That you're going to see games being put postponed or canceled because a player has suffered a catastrophic injury on a football field. I think that the wall has been broken down by DeMar Hamlin being the first game that has been canceled by in the regular season NFL as a result of injury. Because remember, the NFL went through COVID without canceling a football game. The NFL has gone through global pandemics, hurricanes, 9-11. They have found a way to play football games. DeMar Hamlin was the first football game to be canceled and not made up as a result of an injury on the field. Football is in this position where the wall of... The the, the cultural wall of we must continue moving forward, this warlike mentality of football, which doesn't reflect the current state of modern football. Again, modern football is closer to a business than it is to war. It's not war, But that warrior mentality of we need to treat this like a life or death matter, the game itself, is finally being broken down. And it's taken 
Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor and everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin to recognize for someone like Bill Belichick that it's okay to shut things down. It's okay to shut down a game. It's okay to process our collective trauma and it's okay to move forward as a team working through this incredibly traumatic event that we have just witnessed on a football field. And it's okay that to stop the game, it's okay to process what we've just seen, to acknowledge our collective trauma, and to work through our feelings around what we've just witnessed. And I mentioned earlier that there were two events that happened simultaneously with the Isaiah Bolden injury. One of them was John Walford injuring his neck, playing football, similar type of injury to Bolden, but he was able to give the thumbs up before leaving the field, which was essentially the all good to continue playing, which I think as time goes on, the thumbs up will no longer be the all good to continue playing. I think we're still going to see games postponed or canceled as a result of even injuries like what happened to John Walford. And the other event that happened at the same time simultaneously was DeMar Hamlin returning to the field for the Buffalo Bills, playing at his hometown of Pittsburgh. For those who don't know, DeMar Hamlin grew up in Pittsburgh. He ended up going to the University of Pittsburgh, which played at the Steelers Stadium, and the Buffalo Bills were playing at the Pittsburgh Steelers for preseason week two. They did an acknowledgement of DeMar Hamlin before the game. He got a gigantic ovation from the hometown crowd of Pittsburgh. He held a uh, a backpack drive and a school drive in Pittsburgh prior to the game, which ended up being something that went viral on social media because, remember, that was the fund that DeMar Hamlin, his Christmas toy drive, yeah, his Christmas toy drive was the thing that ended up raising $9 million from people who witnessed him Uh, suffer cardiac arrest on the field and have to be brought back to life they're in that feeling of helplessness and that moment of trauma some people process their trauma by donating money to damar hamlin and that nine million dollars for his toy drive in pittsburgh came as a result of that injury and he held a, a backpack drive and a back to school drive in pittsburgh and that was the feel-good story at the end of all of this. People have treated DeMar Hamlin's cardiac arrest and his recovery as a feel-good story that's been honored by the NFL, that's been honored by, you know, legacy media, that's been honored at the ESPYs. It's become a feel-good story with DeMar Hamlin and the recovery leading to him being back in Pittsburgh, him being able to play football again just seven months after suffering cardiac arrest on the field, him getting a rousing ovation in his hometown, the return home after suffering cardiac arrest and going from being a no-name football player to a heroic figure of someone who died on the football field and was brought back to life. On the same night that DeMar Hamlin returns home, you have a Patriots-Packers game get called off after Isaiah Bolden's injury. And I feel like that is a legacy, an, an unexpected legacy moment of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. When you have injuries that are not as... I mean, the injuries that are life-altering, like potentially what happened to Isaiah Bolden, like potentially what happened to John Walford, like what happened to Ryan Shazier, where it took him years to be able to walk functionally again, and... For him to, I mean, he never played in the NFL again, but for him to be able to play, for him to be able to walk again and have a quality of life similar to what he had prior to suffering 
paralysis on a football field. When you have moments like that that don't sound as scary as cardiac arrest and at the same time can be just as life-altering, you are going to start to see games that are shut down. Players acknowledge that it's okay to deal with this collective trauma. Coaches go out of their way to protect their players and protect the locker room by shutting games down for their own good and giving people the opportunity to acknowledge the trauma that they've just experienced, to process their collective trauma, and work through what they've just witnessed. And I think that's going to be an unintended consequence for the better and an unintended change as a result of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And I thought the parallel worked out perfectly that on the night DeMar Hamlin is is paraded with a hero's welcome in his hometown, his first time playing back in his hometown since suffering from cardiac arrest. On the same night that that happens, you start to see the legacy of what happened to DeMar Hamlin in real time, where Isaiah Bolden suffers a similarly scary injury. Ultimately, he'll be okay. He was released from the hospital, was able to travel back to New England with the Patriots. He gets to be there and the Patriots get to work through that collective trauma because they've seen this guy is okay. He's on the team plane with them. He is a living, breathing person who's going to be okay. It'll help them work through their collective trauma. Because that happened on the same night as DeMar Hamlin's Heroes Welcome in Pittsburgh, it's a perfect parallel that shows that the DeMar Hamlin injury is going to be the thing that breaks down the wall of Football must go on. There's no reason a football game should be canceled. Not a pandemic, not a hurricane, not 9-11 will shut down the NFL. When a player suffers an injury and you have a collective traumatic event for a group of individuals, not just on the football field, but watching in the stadium or watching at home, when everyone experiences a collective trauma of, I just watched a person potentially get paralyzed on a football field. I just watched a person potentially die on a football field. When you watch that in real time, you are going to see people process that trauma in a way that doesn't mean we have to immediately get back out on the field after 15 minutes. And we saw that with the Patriots and Packers game. We saw that with Matthew Slater talking about Bill Belichick. We saw that with Jalen Mills mentioning that every, that it's in the back of everyone's mind what happened to DeMar Hamlin when they see a similar situation like what happened to Isaiah Bolden. And you saw the game get shut down. You saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game continue with the final quarter. Two different outcomes and two different ways to process collective trauma for injuries that were essentially treated the same way in two different stadiums at the exact same time. You're going to start to see different outcomes from collectively traumatic events that occur on a football field like what happened to DeMar Hamlin, like what happened to Isaiah Bolden, like what happened to John Walford, and like what happened to Ryan Shazier. You're going to start to see that those types of traumatic events be treated differently. And that's going to be in part because DeMar Hamlin was the was the first. DeMar Hamlin was the first football game that was canceled as a result of a player being injured on the field or a player suffering a cardiac arrest in the case of DeMar Hamlin. And this preseason Patriots-Packers game would have been the second if it had occurred in the regular season. And soon you're going to see a third and a fourth and a fifth because 
the hardest thing has been done. The first game has been shut down. DeMar Hamlin's, in, DeMar Hamlin's cardiac arrest was the moment that made it easier for everyone else to look at that situation and say, we should not continue playing. And it's okay that we shouldn't continue playing. We don't have to feel guilty about that. We don't have to feel like something's wrong with us. It's normal to not want to continue playing football after just watching a player potentially suffer a life-altering injury while playing football. Should be something that is straightforward, but in those moments, it's not because there's all the pressure in the world to continue playing those football games. And so even for Bill Belichick and even for the New England Patriots, they were able to look at what happened, recognize the, the, the feeling of the players, and decide that shutting down the football game was their best course of action. And so they did just that, and they will continue onward back home and maybe play Tennessee in a few days. DeMar Hamlin's injury, one of the unexpected results and changes, is going to be breaking down that warlike mentality of playing football at all costs to your mental health, to your physical health, or any consequences as a result. We keep playing regardless of what is in our best intentions. And that warrior mentality and that warlike mentality and culture around football is slowly starting to be broken down. And DeMar Hamlin is going to be one of those moments that works to break down that barrier. And so it's fitting, again, that on the night DeMar Hamlin is welcomed back to Pittsburgh with a hero's welcome, on the same night you see Isaiah Bolden suffer a head, or ne- a head and neck injury that leads to him being hospitalized. You see John Walford suffer a head and neck injury that leads to him being hospitalized. And in the case of Isaiah Bolden, the New England Patriots decided they weren't going to continue playing the football game the same way the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals made the call to not continue playing that football game after DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest. It's going to be one of the unexpected changes that comes from all of us experiencing the collective trauma of watching DeMar Hamlin on Monday Night Football with playoff implications on the line suffer cardiac arrest, and lead to a football game being canceled due to injury for the first time in NFL history. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We have episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday here on the show. Our next episode will obviously be coming out Wednesday. If you want to listen to more episodes of the Take It Easy podcast, go back through our archives Go check out something that piques your interest. There's all sorts of episodes from all sorts of different sports and all sorts of long-form stories. Uh, Reporting for this show, thank you to all the stories and details that helped us analyze this story. The Associated Press, Bleacher Report, Nesson, they had a bunch of the stories that helped us evaluate this story and bring it to you here on this show. We'll be back again on Wednesday with another episode of the Take It Easy podcast. And we'll talk to you then, and in the meantime, you should take it easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.